0: Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining me again tonight for this week's Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellata, dating and relationship expert and founder of singleinthecity.ca. What happens when you start seeing someone who is emotionally unavailable? How do you spot the signs? Tonight, we'll be chatting about dealing with rejection, dating people who aren't 100% in it, how you can stop wasting your time on people who aren't worth your time, and advice for those who find themselves emotionally unavailable and are having a difficult time inviting love into their lives. My guest tonight should be able to share some insight in a way that you might not be expecting. I'm joined by Sean Galanos. He's a certified love coach and the host of the Love Drive podcast. Sean focuses on helping people develop the emotional intimacy required to have loving and connected relationships with themselves and others. Thanks for joining us, Sean. I'm so excited for tonight's show.
0: Oh, I'm really excited to be here and and, uh, honored that you uh, you invited me to, to speak with you.
1: And Sean is calling in from Montreal, right? That's correct. Were you born in Montreal?
0: I was born in Montreal, yeah. I spent 12 years here, and then I lived in California for 20 years, and then I've been back here for the last four or five years.
1: Now, we could probably talk about the uh, dating culture in Montreal versus Toronto, but maybe we'll save that for another show. Um, and I'm so happy to have you on the show tonight. We've talked about emotional unavailability previously on other shows from a clinical standpoint, but never never from first-hand experience. Um, before becoming more in tune with your emotional side and learning about what it really means to have a healthy relationship, you said that you found yourself being emotionally unavailable. What did this mean for your relationship attempts?
0: It meant that I was never really fully comfortable opening up to another person. And Uh it's hard to develop intimacy when there's a fear of intimacy. I mean, this feels really basic to say, but if, if you're scared of opening up, then it's hard to connect on an emotional level because what I used to do was I would, I would come up with all, all sorts of defense mechanisms to prevent that sort of opening from happening. Like, um, always making jokes when something serious was happening or, or, or when like a serious conversation would happen, deflecting, minimizing. I would be uncomfortable with my partner's emotional disclosures. Um, I was uncomfortable with any sort of emotional discomfort, so a lot of numbing, distracting, um, those kinds of behaviors that ultimately like, just cut me off from my emotional experience and that of my partner.
1: Did you have like a timeline, like okay, I'll, I'll try this for a few months and then see how it goes, and then if things once things start getting more serious, I'm out type of thing.
0: I don't think it was. Or a did conflict. you
1: actually have
0: relationships? Yeah, I had relationships. I uh, am currently in a successful, emotionally available, uh, loving monogamous relationship now for the last two or three years. Oh, congratulations. So yeah, thank hope. you so much. <laughs> I, I've done a lot of work uh, with a therapist and with other coaches to sort of develop the ability to show up in an open way. But before that, I think for the for the previous ten years, I had a few relationships, none longer than a year, and I don't think I consciously set out to see if I could open up. I always thought I was kind of open. But I realized that after six to nine months, when things became more serious and they became more intimate, I got scared. And you, I got really, really scared. I felt threatened and I wanted to leave the relationship.
1: Okay. And what are some other signs that we should look out for when it comes to people who are emotionally unavailable and won't be able to commit? What are some of the
0: other signs? I mean, classic signs that I've seen in in my relationship and in some of my clients is like a few of the we've we've talked before, um, Mm -hmm. minimizing somebody's emotional disclosure, Mm -hmm. uh, making light of anything that is too intimate or emotional, um, distracting whenever there's a strong emotional response. Right. So the inability to see sit with your own emotional experience, right? So thinking about uh, maybe a dying relative and feeling an emotion come up and immediately distracting from feeling that emotion, sitting with the emotional discomfort that is inherent to life and relationships. Those are some, um, some examples. Another one is gaslighting, right? If you're If you're actively discrediting somebody's experience, then uh, you're not available to sit with what is happening for them.
1: Or breadcrumbing. Yeah. Pretty much like hot and cold behavior, giving someone, but like you're giving them little crumbs, right?
0: Yeah, breadcrumbing, hot and cold, um, not being consistent, uh, not uh, following up on what you say you're going to do. So not doing what you say you're going to do. Uh, being flaky, being inconsistent, these are all signs that that might indicate emotional unavailability. I'm not saying that they do, but it's worth exploring and it's worth getting curious around is this person as open as I'd like them to be.
1: Right, or or where it leaves somebody confused, like you know, um you're chatting and things are going great then all of a sudden like that what you what you said, the hot and cold behavior. Um, they might disappear for three weeks and then show up again, or they might disappear for a month and then show up again. It's like, hey, I'm back. It's like, okay, (laughs)
0: something's up here. Well, so that's interesting. I think what's happening there is an inability for the other person to bring up the hurtful or unwanted behavior. So if you're in a relationship or dating someone who's hot and cold and disappears for three weeks and you don't bring that up, as a red flag or a potential harmful behavior or um, seeking clarity around the behavior that in of itself is a bit of a red flag as well for sure so in for my sure. experience and and I want to say this about everybody who dates unavailable people but if you find yourself dating a lot of unavailable people or a string of unavailable people you might be yourself unavailable as well right because dating unavailable people is safe, right? If they don't open up, you don't have to open up and then nobody really gets hurt. You might be disappointed, you might be sad, um, you might feel bummed, you're not kinda developing the kind yeah. of you want, but you're not gonna be in a position to get, you know, devastatingly hurt by another person if they break up with you.
1: Yeah, so many of us find ourselves constantly falling for or being interested in people who can't give us a hundred percent. And based on my experience being in the dating and relationship space for over 18 years and hosting this show for almost five, oh my goodness, where does time go, (laughs) and talking to various therapists, I've learned that many people drawn to the emotionally unavailable haven't had a healthy model of what love and support feels like. They may grow up to be drawn to uh, dead-end type of relationships because they have a dysfunctional view of what love is, or they don't feel worthy of love themselves. And, as humans, we feel uh, we like what feels familiar to us, so if fighting for love and attention or surviving emotional abuse was was normal growing up subconsciously we 'll choose partners who make us feel the same way. so, if you find yourself always attracting the emotionally available uh, unavailable sorry, um, you need to do some soul searching and if you and need to get some professional help, then please do that now. This isn't always the case. It's possible that you genuinely found someone that is emotionally unavailable, and you are, and you are not emotionally unavailable. So, what advice do you have for anyone who is in this type of situation?
0: Who is uh,
1: so someone who like you're attracted but... to someone who is emotionally unavailable, but you clearly know that you are able to have a relationship. You maybe you just got. Out of one a year ago, or whatever, you just know that you're not emotionally unavailable. So, what advice do you have for anyone in that type of situation?
0: Uh, stop dating people who are emotionally unavailable, right? So, as, as soon—and I, I know this sounds really simple—but as soon as you realize that this person isn't able to give you the kind of connection that you're looking for, mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, it's been really great getting to know you," and unfortunately this isn't the kind of connection that I'm looking for. I'm looking for something that's a lot more intimate and vulnerable and emotionally connected. And I get the impression that's not what you're available for. And no judgment on my end. I wish you the best of luck. This isn't going to work for me. I totally so, agree. It's hard to do though, because, you know, it's- we date people for the most part that we like, and we we want to hope that uh, they, they like us back and that they're available for what we want. And, also, I want to be clear here, just because someone is emotionally unavailable doesn't mean that they can't open up slowly over time. Some people, they need time to open up. So that's one of the reasons why it's tricky to figure out if this person is unavailable completely and will never open up, or they just need time to open up, but which you, is you why... You allow think... them to come to you, though. Yeah, but, and also I think give them an opportunity to discuss whether they're willing to open up or whether they're just not available at all before you decide to exit the relationship.
1: Yeah, so if you are dealing with a person who's emotionally unavailable and you truly feel that you are not emotionally unavailable, um, and let's say they tell you that they're emotionally unavailable, then you need to believe them right? You need to believe what they're saying to you. And try to refrain from putting someone on a pedestal until they've earned it. And what you said earlier on about, uh, you know, red flags, don't ignore the red flags, trust your gut instincts, and be upfront early on about what you want. Um, If they start pulling away, don't force them back, let them come to you. I mean, because I've had some experience with emotionally unavailable people and this is what I've done and and if they can't offer you what you're looking for then you need to walk away I mean it's better early on than months or years later and realize that you can't fix anyone let them figure themselves out when they're ready I made this mistake by continuously entertaining this one person because I felt this unexplainable connection. And I kept trying to fix them or, or, or get them help. And that just backfired and got me absolutely nowhere. And, and sometimes, you know, it's the challenge, which I think I want to talk about um, in the next segment because we don't have time so I want to talk about you know like sometimes it's a challenge that we're seeking so let's continue this conversation when we come back you're listening to the dating and relationship show and being emotionally unavailable is the theme today we'll be right back
0: Now back to the dating and relationship show with Laura Bilotta from SingleInTheCity.ca on Global News Radio six forty Toronto. And
1: we're back tonight on the dating and relationship show on Global News Radio six forty Toronto. We're chatting about how to deal with emotionally unavailable people. The signs that you may be emotionally unavailable yourself, dealing with being ghosted and rejection in general and so much more with Sean Galanos. She's a certified love coach and the host of the Love Drive podcast. Welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: So before the break, we were just talking about um, why we are attracted to people that are emotionally unavailable and to those that really don't want to date us. Sometimes it's a challenge. We want what we can't have and We tend to put this person on a pedestal. Meanwhile, we don't even know if they're even a good match for us. So we waste all this energy trying to get this person to commit. And once they do, you realize, hey, you know, this person isn't who I thought they were. So we've wasted all this time and energy on someone who isn't really worth our time.
0: What do you think about that? Yeah, I I don't like looking at any failed, quote unquote, failed relationship or, or ending relationship as a waste of time. I see it as an opportunity to learn, right? And so sometimes we realize, oh, I invested in this person without really knowing who they were, and that didn't work for me. So how can I do it differently next time? That being said, I do agree that it's exciting to have a little bit of chase, and it feels like a game and i don't like games because i don't know the rules right no one really knows the rules so what what i'd like to suggest is instead of playing the chasing game right a hunt or be hunted and <laughs> yeah. uh, three days before replying to a message and being cool but not too cool rather than do that i i suggest to my clients and people listening build a big life Build a big life that includes hobbies, an exciting career, fulfilling relationships with your friends, with your family, um, activities, exercise, volunteer opportunities, pets, whatever. Build a big life so that when you meet someone that's interesting, you can't just plug them in to the partner box or the relationship box because doing so would require you to abandon a lot of things that you find valuable in your life. Mm -hmm. building a big life is sort of like a natural stopgap from uh, preventing you from like really sort of abandoning yourself to this this new person that you don't know and Mm -hmm. makes it sort of feel like a little bit more of a challenge yes
1: I agree with all of that you need to have your own life before you meet someone and that should continue when you meet someone It's attractive, and you should never lose yourself in a relationship. You should continue to follow your dreams and desires. But just going back to the conversation we were having about wasting your time in a relationship, I agree that a relationship is not a waste of time because you should learn something, or you will learn something from every relationship. But if you are in, let's say, a so-called relationship, From the beginning where someone isn't giving you the time of day um, or giving you, you know, what you want or deserve from a relationship. They're hot and cold. They come in and out of your life. Maybe you don't hear from them for a few weeks and, you know, then they're back. Then you don't hear from them for another few weeks. And that's a waste of time, okay, especially if you are in this vicious cycle for a significant amount of time. That's a waste of time. You're definitely not the only one who has struggled with being open with your emotions and being willing to fully open up and let people in. And now you're living proof that people who think they're emotionally unavailable can learn from this and make changes when they're ready. Now, based on your experience, what are the first steps that people who find themselves in this type of position need to take to start opening up? Because let's face it, being emotionally unavailable can be a really lonely and upsetting, uh, especially for those who are truly looking
0: for the one or looking to find love,: Well, first of all, the one you and I probably both know that doesn't exist. There's the one for right now, but there's uh, you know hundreds, if not thousands of people that we can be in relationship with in healthy relationships with. Um, that said, if you're looking to open up, which can can be very daunting, especially if you've had traumatic experiences opening up in the past, or if opening up while you uh, were a child, resulted in uh, being abused or ignored or abandoned or ridiculed or made fun of, I, it can be hard to start to open up. And so my suggestion is always baby steps and baby steps within a friend's circle. So identify one or two people that you already feel safe with. That can be an aunt or an uncle, someone in your family or a friend that you've had for a long time that you can share stuff with and practice becoming more open with them. We don't have to practice opening up to partners or potential, potential partners. We want to feel people, we want to, we want to feel safe opening up to people that can hold our heart with tenderness. And that's a, a really easy, doable first step. Um, the second one that I recommend people do, and, and I have a course all about emotional availability. Awesome. And I teach. Yeah, yeah, and I teach a lot of these a lot of these tools. One of them is to is to stretch the time between your emotional response, right? So some sort of emotional discomfort, a feeling that is unpleasant, right? Sadness, um, anxiety something that you would normally distract from using whatever you normally distract with. So uh, it could be food, could be uh, nicotine, caffeine, uh, binge watching TV shows, whatever, whatever your sort of comfort behavior is stretch the time between the emotional response and you seeking comfort, which what that does over time is it allows you to become more comfortable with emotional discomfort. And then over time, you can, you can basically get used to emotional discomfort. And instead of turning away from it, you might just stay neutral or turn towards it eventually, like when you get um, more used to it. So those are two things that you can start doing right away um, to slowly open up.
1: But you have to put the work in. Like it, you're not just going to magically wake up one morning and go, okay, I'm, I'm fixed. Like you actually have to do the work. And some people aren't willing to do that.
0: Yeah, and that's fine. If you aren't willing to do the work, like, no problem. Uh, I I really want to empower people to do the work, quote-unquote, the work, whatever the work happens to be for them, when they're good and ready to do it. Um, If you're not ready, forcing yourself to be open could be more detrimental. So, Sean, if
1: you started dating someone who isn't as available emotionally as you like, but they're willing to work on it, what do you think is the best way to be vocal about your needs? So let's say you're emotionally unavailable. I'm not. We're dating. I want to be
0: vocal. So step one, about, step one of, identi- of, of asking for what you want in life is identifying what is the need. Right? And so if your need is for more emotional closeness, you would identify uh, what is an action item that I could do that would satisfy your need for emotional closeness. Right, and so uh, an example of that might be you might want me to not pick up my phone while we're having a serious conversation because you want me to be more present. Mm -hmm. And once you've identified the action item, right, we've identified the need. The need is more emotional closeness. The action item is uh, more presence in the way of, of me not distracting using my telephone while we're having a serious conversation. The request then becomes, hey, honey, I would love it if when we're talking about something that's serious, that you don't pick up your phone and that you stay present to me? Is that something that you're willing to do? That's what that would look like. Basically the framework is I would love it if, and then a request for an actionable item that will meet your need for more emotional closeness. That's excellent. Any more tips? Uh, Really the tips are, can you find a variety of different actions that will meet your need. Can you give us another example? Some people Uh, are visual. Yeah, another example could be um, eye contact when we're talking. Uh, It could be uh, you not making a joke when I'm trying to explain to you uh, how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. It could be a request for uh, you to use more feeling words. Right? So instead of asking your partner what do they think about something, you can ask them how do you feel about this and see if they're able to come up with some feeling word. Oh, that, that makes me feel a little anxious or I feel a little scared when I think about that, um, rather than saying uh, more, more sort of thinking words. Um, so that, those are some other tools that you could use.
1: Now, before we take a break, is there any advice you can give someone quickly um, who fears intimacy who fears rejection who fears closeness who fears relationships just really
0: quick you're not alone you are not alone this is this is the work of a lifetime Uh, there are a lot of resources out there number one tip is to talk about what you're scared of with other people just to see that you're not alone
1: Thank you. Now, dealing with rejection and being ghosted, um, we have advice for you when we come back after this message. Don't go anywhere.
0: Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from SingleInThisCity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Velada. Tonight, we are chatting about how to deal with emotionally unavailable people, uh, the signs that you may be emotionally unavailable, dealing with being ghosted and rejection in general, and so much more with our special guest, Sean Galanos. Hi, Sean. Hey there. Welcome back.
0: Thanks.
1: And Sean is a love coach, he's from Montreal. And he's got a
0: huge uh,
1: TikTok following. That's how I found him. My goodness, so impressive. How long have you been on TikTok? <laughs> Please share. I just started on there about a month ago. <laughs> I'm jealous. No, I'm not. I'm not jealous.
0: But. I think uh, <laughs> I think it's normal to be jealous about uh, people that have bigger audiences than you. I do the same thing on Instagram <laughs> all the time. Uh, I'm not really jealous, though. Okay, well, I am. I'm jealous of people who have larger audiences, so I'll just go out there and say it. Okay. Um, I've been on TikTok for six months. I, to have a quarter million uh, followers there and thirty four thousand on Instagram, it, it's an interesting platform. I, I really just did what I do on Instagram on TikTok, and it seems to work. There is the
1: rules of... though, on TikTok, and you still get all this, the, all these followers.
0: Like what you don't are put music,
1: you don't add music, right? I, no, I put, don't add music, and
0: you you can add music. You're not supposed to. It's an option.
1: Oh, but no, I heard if to go viral, you need to add the music, music of the day, the recommended music.
0: Yeah, I don't look at uh, articles or strategies on how to go viral. I just try to create. Okay, good content you just and... do
1: your thing. Maybe that's a trick. All right, I'm. I think <laughs> I'm reading too much into this. Okay, let's continue with the show. Uh, so we've spoken quite a bit about dating during the pandemic, setting boundaries, and focusing on people who deserve your time and attention on this show. Now, we meeting new people and getting to know them. Uh, during this time, it's it's a little bit more difficult right now, and dealing with rejection can be especially painful. Now, rejection nowadays often comes in the form of ghosting. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to get ghosted, but it does happen, and it's completely out of your control when it does. Why do you think people ghost? I mean, is it? Do you think it's a coping mechanism or just uh,
0: just an easy way out? A whole bunch of different reasons. Uh not knowing how to let somebody down, uh, trying to protect their feelings, right? Feeling like you're going to hurt them. You're um, going to hurt them more when you disappear like that. Well, yeah, you and I both know that, but they they don't know that. They, they, they were never modeled um, how to leave a relationship uh, with love and attention and care. Um, I also think that Women in particular will go because if they reject a man, and we're talking about heterosexual relationships in this particular context, if they reject a man, there's a fear that the man will uh, retaliate either emotionally or abusively or, or violently um, or ask a bunch of questions and try to convince them that uh, they shouldn't break up with them or that they shouldn't not want to date them. And so it's a defense mechanism from people who might not be able to deal with rejection uh, with grace and compassion and understanding. And and there's a whole bunch of other reasons why people go.
1: Yeah, and they have a hard time with confrontation. Now, how do you think we can learn to become more okay with rejection, even if it isn't your fault?
0: I love rejection. I I personally love rejection. I think it's incredibly liberating, right? right? To be rejected is incredibly liberating because it's someone saying, I'm sorry I can't meet your need, or what you have isn't what I want, which makes space for something better or something more aligned to come in. So really, when somebody rejects me, whether it's a business proposal or a friendship or a dating relationship, I I thank them. Thank them for, wow. A, taking care Incredible. of themselves, right? Like, if you reject me, I thank you for being honest about the fact that, I'm not what you want. And then that leaves space for something else to come in. So I really think rejection is beautiful. It's liberating. And uh, to a certain degree, we should probably all learn to embrace it a little bit more. Excellent.
1: Well, and I, I tell people uh, to not take it too personal. Uh, it, It can be that this person is responding to something in their own life rather than anything that you've said or done, especially when you're dating online these days. I mean, People are complete strangers and a lot of them are are on these sites with with no or little intentions of getting into anything serious because they're still dealing with baggage from their past relationship. Um, And be careful that you don't give your power away and allow someone who doesn't really know you to have a great deal of influence over the way that you feel about yourself. Uh, And I would say stay hopeful. I mean... Keep trying. Don't generalize. Not everyone is going to treat you the same way. I mean, dating is a numbers game. You will eventually find the right match. Just keep at it. uh, And let this person go that rejected you. I mean, just let them go. You deserve to be with someone who really, really wants to be with you rather than someone who stays because you try to convince them to stay. Uh, Don't waste any more time on somebody that doesn't want to be with you. What do you have to say about that?
0: I mean I agree I agree with a lot of it. I do think that, yes, dating is a numbers game, and also I think taking a break from dating is great if you are I love that. If you feel jaded, if you feel cynical, if you dread going on dating apps, then it that to me indicates that you're ready for a break.
1: You're mm-hmm. ready
0: for a period of conscious celibacy where you're not inviting that kind of energy in until you get to a point where you're actually excited about connecting with somebody else. If you're ambivalent about going on a date and they're ambivalent about going on a date because they're jaded and they're cynical, it's, it's hardly a fertile ground for intimate connection. Okay to take breaks. Really? Like I really want to empower people and invite them to take a break when dating feels like a chore it it shouldn't be a chore it really shouldn't be a chore it should be a joy
1: and and you're going to come back all refreshed and you want to you know update your your profile your pictures and and so yeah it's it, it can be quite exciting when you do come back and also be conscious about how you know just to get back to what we were talking about because I have one other point uh, just be conscious about how you turn someone down you know that saying what's that saying uh, Don't do unto others what you don't want done unto you. Don't string someone along because it's not fair to them and it's not fair to you. We need to take a break, Um, but uh, we're going to talk about dating during the pandemic. I mean, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. So we're going to give you some tips on how to meet someone during the pandemic. I want to hear what Sean has to say because I've given advice about this uh, previously on the show. We'll be right back.
0: The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: This has been a real fun show. This is the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host. Tonight, we're chatting about emotional unavailability in dating, how to meet someone during the pandemic, which we're going to talk about shortly here. Setting Healthy Boundaries, and more with my special guest, Sean Galanos. He's a certified love coach and the host of the Love Drive podcast. Welcome back.
0: Thanks. Glad to be here.
1: Now, for those of us who are ready to date and give it our all, meeting new people during the pandemic can be a real challenge. And I know this firsthand because I'm single, and I've been dating, and I'm telling you. It's challenging. Uh, meeting people in person is virtually impossible unless, you know, you stalk people at the liquor store or the grocery store. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> so, I've thought about it. Like, well, maybe if I hang around the liquor store, <laughs> right? Um, I've, you know, so I've given a lot of advice on how we should go about meeting new people during COVID. So I'd love to hear from Sean. Like, what is your advice? How do you suggest people meet during the, these crazy times?
0: Because that's what they are. I've got to say, if you're not willing to use online dating, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot harder. It's going to be a lot harder. Um, you still have access to your friend groups. You can still ask your friends to set you up. You can still capture your existing networks. You can date online. You can join all sorts of meetups that are now happening online. But in terms of meeting people in, you know, quote unquote, real life, it's going to be a lot more challenging. And if you want to take a break, this is a good time to take a break, right? Until there's a vaccine and until sort of there's a semblance of it going back to normal. But just know that, this is a more challenging environment to find love. And that being said, that doesn't mean that it can't happen. Um, I'm kind of curious, what are some of the dating tips that you've given people in the past? Because I'm not currently dating. And so I don't really know how I would navigate this.
1: You don't want to waste time with the wrong person. And sometimes when I've asked them to video chat, they just disappear and that's okay. They just did me a favor. Uh, And that's going to happen. So hop on a video call. I'm telling you, video is a great way to just to figure out if there's that connection there, you know. Um, It's worked for me in the past, and when I've met up with them, they've been true to who they are on the video call. So hop on a video call. If you're not too comfortable, if neither of you are comfortable with the video call, then I say get on a phone call. I mean, so you really want to try to – Qualify this person, get to know them a little bit before you actually meet up. And, of course, meeting up right now is difficult, but, you know, one of the things that you can do is go shopping with the person. So you still have your mask on, you're still socially distancing, but you're, you know, you're walking around the grocery store, you're chatting. I mean, so it is possible. Uh, uh, you know, up to like three weeks ago, we were able to go to a coffee shop. We can't do that right now. Or you might want to wait it out. You might want to wait it out until we reopen again, which might be in a couple more weeks. It all depends on what you want to do. But hop on a video call and just get that out of the way. And I'm telling you, you will know right away once you're on that call, do I want to take this further or do I not? Now, um, let's say you guys meet up and obviously can, you know, Pull your mask down, I would say, make, I make a joke out of it, but pull your mask down so you guys can both get a glimpse of what you really look like. Let's just say there is that connection there. I mean, I had a guy who I did go grocery shopping with, and he we go outside and he's like, would you want to kiss me? I mean, do you want me to kiss you just to see, you know, you want to see how I kiss? I'm like, no, we are in a pandemic. I'm not kissing you. I don't even know you. <laughs> but So if you do have a strong connection with someone um, and you want to take that your relationship you know, one step further and get intimate, I, I would suggest you both get a COVID test and then you're both safe. And uh, there you go.
0: I, I love all of that. And I also think it's a beautiful opportunity to discuss um, your risk tolerance around bringing people into your bubble. And that segues really well into the conversation around sexual health. So it's it's, it's almost like the pre sexual health, sexual health practices, conversation. Can we talk about our risk tolerances around COVID? Can we talk about who's in our bubble, who we're seeing, how uh, tolerant and comfortable we are with new people in our lives? And that can also lead to an opening and sort of setting the stage for what the next stages of, of this connection can look like. I think it's really beautiful.
1: Yeah, so what are some other ways do you think that we can set some
0: healthy boundaries as you let things develop, Sean? I mean, I think you you did a really great one saying, I'm not ready to kiss you. We're in a global pandemic. Uh, I think being clear about what you are and aren't available for. So in this early stage of dating, I'm available to go grocery shopping with you, to uh, watch a movie as long as we are six feet apart, to uh, go on walks, go ice skating, do outdoor activities together. And then... You can reevaluate. Okay, now I'm more comfortable being closer to you. Uh, we can kiss, right? So we can actively, intentionally make a choice to include each other in our little COVID bubble. So I think it's beautiful. It's, uh, this, is a, this is a tricky exercise for a lot of people. We are not used to having to censor how we connect physically with people that we go on dates with. Usually if the desires are on both sides, we go for it. Now there's, a, there's an added component that we have to consider. How is me dating this person going to affect my health and the health of my loved ones? tricky. It's exciting. I think it actually promotes emotional connection, emotional availability, um, intimate disclosures. Uh, it's an interesting time to be dating. If you're dating in, in this time period, I find you incredibly courageous. Um, I think that you will learn a lot. Uh, It will not be without its challenges, but I think that ultimately it can be very, very rewarding if you find someone who's willing to communicate, to connect on this sort of more intimate level.
1: Well said. And one more question before we go. I would love your take on sex for the first date. What do you think?
0: You know, if, if that's what you both want and it's two consenting adults, that are interested in having fun, go for it. Well, no, if you're looking for a serious relationship, but
1: you're really attracted to each other, I always say refrain from having sex right away.
0: Sure. I mean, I have a nine-date rule, but ultimately I think... Nine dates?
1: I love that. nine
0: dates. I think the research suggests that there is no correlation between when you have sex and the length and fulfillment uh, or satisfaction of a relationship. So... Um, in my experience, the longer you keep your clothes on, the more exciting it can be. I don't think that when you have sex has uh, any real repercussions on the satisfaction of a long-term relationship.
1: Well, I just find, and, and I just find that sex clouds your judgment, and that's why I refrain from sex right away because I don't want anything clouding my judgment. I want to get to know this person without getting intimate with them right away.
0: You're, well, absolutely, was, you're absolutely right. That was a great
1: show. Lots of great insight. Thank you so much, Sean Galanos, for joining me. Where can people learn more about you, learn more about uh, the products that you have or the courses that you have, especially for emotionally unavailable people?
0: Uh, Number one way to to learn more about my work is to uh, listen to my podcast, The Love Drive, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. And all of my work lives on my website, thelovedrive.com. I have six courses um, from modern dating to intro to great sex to healthy communication and all about emotional availability. And I'm also super active on social media, um, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter.
1: You sure are. Now, the pandemic has slowed things down but has not stopped us uh, from looking for love. Love is out there, but you can't hide from it if that's what you want. Now, there are ways to connect with people currently. I personally am setting up couples weekly through my matchmaking services and have ongoing virtual speed dating events that are getting busy again um, and that have become quite popular. You can find more information on my services by visiting singleinthecity.ca. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Official Laura Bellotta, and at the Dating and Relationship Show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in each and every week. Ciao for now.